The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. sent us a newsletter the world's best soren and hot dog is made in this humble little arizona food shack what say why the world's best hot dogs made in a little shack so my father just texts us in the group chat the bowl yes oh by the way hey guys uh didn't ever say this. Beowulf is the bull's daughter. Yes. Whole bunch of weird Young animal. Calf. I guess it should be a calf. No. No? No. Okay. No. Well, he just texts the group chat an article here. Oh, that's nice. About the world's best sor- sonoran hot dog. Sonoran. Sonoran, excuse me. Hell's a sonoran hot He's dog. He's trying to get us to go get this hot dog. Oh, that makes sense. The bull's always trying to get us to go get wieners. Oh, wait, wait, listen. It's a hot dog wrapped in bacon and smothered in pinto beans. Jesus With Christ. onions, tomatoes, and condiments galore. So, a heart attack on a plate. Sounds like a good time. It does sound like a good time. I'm always ready for my aortic valve to just be flushed full of grease. So, is, it just what, stops what beating. What is a hot dog actually made out of? I know. Okay. So, you know, Wolf. You know how my yes, family... my name is Wolf. We had very strange eating habits growing up. A lot to do with the fact that my brother is on the spectrum and he had, you know, a very difficult time eating certain foods. So it was a lot of foods were off limits in my house growing mm, up. Yeah. Like I never had a Hebrew national hot dog until I was like in my 20s. God, you were so sheltered. We always had turkey hot dogs, which are in like every store I see, but They're when you boil disgusting. them, <laughs> they, they don't look, look right. They look like... They look like something that would come off of a male zombie. <laughs> yeah. Disgusting. I well, said it. Yeah. So I'm living my best life in my 20s now. Beowulf living her best life. Instead of turkey dogs. Real hot dogs wrapped yes. in bacon, smothered in pinto beans. And onions and ugh, yum, a good yum, Chicago yum. dog. Yum, 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 yum. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I can't remember what episode this is. I'm episode guessing it's 38. episode 38. Thank God. Uh, so, uh, we're gonna rock down to electric. I can't, probably can't sing that. Um, but you we're going to, can. I probably can. Yeah. Cause it's a rendition. Um, so it's episode 38 and the Beowulf, the Beowulf, not Beowulf, the Beowulf. Now she's, me. she's infamous now. Um, we are going to tell you about what has been going on. This is an interesting episode. We're still um, in the midst of what's been going on. And I know I've posted about it on the, you know, Wolf and Bull Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we put out a very brief episode. It wasn't really an episode. It was more just an update last week. And uh, yeah, bottom line is we moved. We have moved Far. We've actually moved the two a of us. A million miles away. 
a million. Not quite a million, but we did move for now the fifth time in our lives. Just six kidding. years. In six years. Yeah. We've moved a lot, and we're looking forward to staying here at least for a year. You know. So we, fun we, fact. We move every year. It seems like. But. Yeah. Well, fun fact about Beowulf and myself, the wolf. We're actually homeless, and that's why we do this podcast to afford things. We're doing this podcast to start making more money, so we can afford to live. Because the gas is insane. By the way, I need to do the little intro. Uh, welcome to the Wolf and Be- Beowulf, the Wolf and Bull podcast. The bull is closer now than he has ever been. He's not in this room, but he's about a few miles away. Um, welcome to the Wolf and Bull podcast, where we make things up and then pretend that it's totally fact. Um, I am the wolf. Beowulf is across from me. Mm-hmm. And if you like what you hear, if it makes any sense to you whatsoever, feel free to give a donation to the Church of Scientology. We really want to support them. Um, make sure that we develop their church in so much that finally, finally Tom Cruise and uh, it's not John Stamos. Who's the other guy? Uh, John Travolta. Uh, John Travolta. It's a John. They finally escape. Um, and we want to be able to help them escape by bringing attention to the fact that they are in the Church of Scientology. I don't think they know. Or if that um, makes you uncomfortable, you can go ahead and leave us a, a like, five-star review. A five-star review, review on Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts. Um, you can also send us a letter uh, at some point in time. We don't have an address because, as I said a second ago, we are vagabonds um, or vagrants or, I don't know, traveling podcasters. We are currently in the midst of a lot of changes. Pod travelers. Studio is in development right now. You hear but the we, echoes? We, yes. Acoustics. I did post about not wanting to subject <laughs> listeners to bad acoustics. However. The echoes. We have some very exciting things coming down the road for the podcast we have a home studio we have a we home now, now our homeowners yeah i said we were homeless a second so ago we, we don't actually have, have a home. To, i was kidding we don't have to fight a landlord over painting mm-hmm. a wall yeah. or putting up a wooden beams One of those or giant, any sort of things like, like that sexy anymore. woman leg statues or lamps that are what right. was it? you ever watch the christmas story where he has like the, the i've sexy... actually never watched a christmas story yeah, I don't understand how how did we meet? Uh, I don't know how, how are we you met. my co-host? I, you've never watched the Christmas story. You've never Technically, I'm co-hosting sub I'm, co-host. I'm I'm sub-co-hosting. You're, I'm filling in for the bowl while he is still nesting you're the substitute after many co-host. months. But he'll come back soon. Yeah, the bowl, bowl is like a, a butterfly in a chrysalis. He's just he's getting ready to spread his wings and come back and talk about things on a microphone and Potentially, we'll have uh, better acoustics once I get around to uh, soundproofing this room. But for now, you're going to have to deal with my voice echoing in on itself. And I can only master the sound in this podcast so well. So, uh, too bad. But we wanted to go ahead and do something because we, we already to postponed a week yeah. and we are alive. We're alive. And you know what? What is the key to a successful podcast? Consistency. Breathing. Oh, consistency. Yeah, breathing. Consistency. Breathing. Breathing's probably. important too. Consistency. But consistency is most yeah. important. So... Was it consistency uh, that killed the cat? Curiosity. Oh. Nice try, though. Consistency could kill a cat if it jumped out of the window if over and over If it kept jumping over and over again, and over again after nine yeah. times, it's done. What happens after the ninth time? Is it just like lay there? It's or do over. you see like a little cat, like, Tenth like a little ghost come out of its body? Now that makes me think Meow, of something. Boo. We just recently watched the newest Batman. Batman, the newest Justice. And I know it's I not. had lots of thoughts. I have uh, one thought. Shovel face <laughs> is Batman. That is his nickname Shovel for uh, Edward Cullen, a.k.a. Robert face. Pattinson. Yeah, Shovel face. Now, listen, I do think the movie was too long. 
However, I liked a lot of certain parts of it. In fact, I was telling you when we left the theater mm-hmm. that the thing I liked most about it was the cinematography and the actual mm-hmm. like mixing, the mass, the, the mixing, mastering of the mm-hmm. movie itself. I the thought music. it sounded fantastic. Yeah. So bummer, but yeah, it's just a thought. We went and saw Batman in the midst of all of the moving and carrying things across great distances and paying inordinate, inordinate amounts of money for gas. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, uh, traveling around. Yeah, we went back in time to 1979, and now gas is the same price. Um, food is the same price. Uh, there is, we are on the cusp of a. We left for about a week, and the world just decided to say, "Nope, we're not going to stay in 2022. We're going all the way back to the late 70s." And we saw a Batman in Robert Pattinson, aka Shovelface, that was astounding, and also simultaneously boring. And that is my that is my analysis. Is that your opinion? That's my analysis. Well, it's just funny because we there is a spider hanging above your head. Sorry to interrupt, but it's way up there. It's not going to bother you. Is it a big spider? It well, no, it's not. It looks small. Maybe it's a bat. He knows we're talking a, about the. Bat. Is it above my head? No, it's against the wall. You don't worry about it. It's very far away. It actually might be a fuzz. It's probably a fuzz. No. Oh well, is it a computer making sounds? No. Is that my computer? Your computer's making. I heard sounds. a ding. Anyway, um. Oh. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, squirrel. That's but what okay. I was uh, going to say you. was, we we moved. We're, we're both born and bred Southern California, and this week we actually moved from Southern California. And we did. And um. While there's a bit of heartache involved and we're no. going to miss some friends and family that yes. are there, we are laughing as we just left the grocery store this afternoon. Same price. Same and exact And I'm price. like, well, we, we moved yeah. to save some money and buy a house and really we just spent the same amount of money we would have two years ago in we're, California or a year ago in California. Yeah, we're in 2018 California right now but, in you know, the, the Grand Canyon state. So um, We're also going to California this weekend yeah. and I'm really looking forward to sitting in the car while i drive yes that me too. and also filling up the gas tank as soon as we get back to our old neighborhood it's gonna be really good and it's just been a week and it's already a dollar more than it was i'm so excited to spend inordinate amount of money on gas because greta thunberg told the world that we need to get off fossil fuels immediately fun fact uh when you do that and then depend on communist regimes you kind of get screwed in the butthole, um, kind of like what we're doing right now. And you know what? You might think, you might roll your eyes and think what I'm saying is too political. But you know what? It has been well past due for people to just, I don't know, take off the rose, rosy Jimmy Fallon covered sunglasses and realize that we have maybe screwed the pooch just a little too hard this time. I think just a tad, just a little bit. I think that I just recently did a, a another podcast and it was actually... Uh, for the trucking industry and we were talking about electric vehicles and renewable energy and you know sort of this green um quote-unquote green energy renewal plan that we've been talking about has really Mm -hmm. been pushed forward especially lately and the one thing is while it's so there is noble aspects to it and in a perfect world yes we have perfect energy sort resources that aren't polluting everything nuclear however uh, timing and everything seems to be very difficult. And this is coming as someone who currently is on a wait list for a cyber truck. 
you're so privileged. <laughs> well, I'm no I'm more privileged I'm than... I'm privileged uh, by proxy. No more privileged than Stephen Colbert, apparently. He yeah, told well, me he, to get a Tesla. He, he I've been waiting on mine Tesla, for two yeah. and a half years, dude, and I'm going to wait for at least three you know, more, it seems and like. Look, I don't mean to be so abrasive. Maybe I do. Uh, I think on all sides and with almost all arguments, there is some nugget of information that might be true or that might make sense. The problem that I have with what's going on right now is that we have just decided to simultaneously all lose our collective minds. And I understand people are afraid. I understand people are stressed out. I understand people are really struggling. But welcome to life. Um, the fun thing about America and the one thing I don't think people understand, and I maybe you and I, I don't think we understand e- even to the degree that we may profess that we do. Um, the world is not like America. It's not. We live in a bubble. We're in a very, very strange bubble in which we can have these discussions that are so pedantic and in a lot of ways semantic um, and cyclical circular, cyclical, cyclical in that uh, they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And when you take something that happened like with what, uh, by the way, COVID's gone now. So that's kind of cool. Totally gone in a week, um, which is nice because, you know, um, I thought that would probably happen, uh, which is unfortunate because what it tells me is that people don't really care so much. And by people, I'm not talking about the voting populace. I'm not talking about, you know, you and I. I'm talking about people who run the show, quote unquote. Um, They don't really care so much about what's happening. They care more about what they can do to stay in power. And I've always had a qualm about that. I've always thought that there should be stringent, you know, term limits in a lot of other positions in in the government that don't have those. you know, I think uh, I think incumbents shouldn't be allowed. All that jazz. Um, but with that being said, I guess my whole point is, it, it, while watching Batman mm-hmm. and watching Shovelface punch innocent men to death, loved it because that's not how justice works. I thought Robert Pattinson um, was a great Batman. Sure, that's fine. But Batman, let's not all pretend like he is a murderer. He had broken at least five or six. Well, that's necks. the thing is the whole premise he is he doesn't kill shit. people. But I was watching. I was watching. Yeah. I'm like, you definitely just killed that man. I was literally just saying you killed that man. I, I was saying dead, dead every single time something <laughs> happened. And, I'm like and, you just put his nose to the back of his brain. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Um, and and you know the thing that gets me is while watching Batman, they everyone that's reviewing this movie, um, is like, oh my god, oh my god, the atmosphere and the music. You know I people, loved it. You know what they really I got right? That you know part. what they got right? They got Gotham right. And you know what I thought? That's like downtown LA. Where's Batman for downtown LA? Where Batman, is no. Shovel Face for downtown LA? LA I see, deserves Shovel Face. I, 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 LA deserves the they, Shovel they Face. They don't have one. Like Robert Pattinson. They By just the way, have the LAPD. Well, they don't. Ex- no, they've defunded them. It's just a small group of ragtag band of justice doers who uh, can't fight the wave of injustice. And the thing. Oh, wait. Did you. Did you. I, I think I showed you. So there was. I think it was Chris D'Elia or some yeah. some comedian. They were recording. There was a police chase. Yes, it was Chris D'Elia. And, yeah. and literally on the news, mm-hmm. it, they were like, you know, monitoring it. And we got to let him go. It. And they're just He's like, too we, we got to let him go. He's, too He's driving too fast. We've got to let him go. And like on one hand, yeah, probably too Which, dangerous. But also like, we're just going to let him well, go. Well, by the way, they said too dangerous and he was driving too fast. And then during the filming of the thing, Chris D'Elia is talking over this. He's like, why aren't you sending people after him? Uh, the car stops at a stop sign. Turns a blinker, turns left. It's like that's I, hilarious. I, I guess yeah, well, it is, but my, my I love a good natured criminal. Sure, I do. I do too. You know, the criminals are they really are they really criminals or are they he, the heroes At amongst us? At this point, us? LA you know? can figure itself. Uh, well, out, right? LA, LA is gone. It's I consider LA. It's gone. 
We're, you know, America always decides to like go back for the people that are injured. Vietnam, World War Two, maybe World War One. I, I think we go out and we'd find the people who are injured to take them home. L.A. has gone. We need to let L.A. just go to the just wherever go it's gone. Just the dodo. yep, it needs to go. It needs to die. I love L.A., but no, I also, you don't. No, you no, lie. No, no, no. Let you me, lie. No, liar. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. Liar. Oh, sorry, I, I love L.A. like you love your crazy cousin. You know, like the one. Huh? Okay, let me let me expand on this. LA to me, a city I know very well, spent a lot of time in in my life. Unfortunately. Is so crazy. And there's so much wrong, but there's that nostalgia factor for me. Let me let, it's nostalgia. It's that doesn't if make I any was sense. from, you know, Dayton, Ohio and I'd never been to Los Angeles before and I'm saying, "Yeah, I want to go to LA." I'm talking, someone's talking to me, I'd be like, don't go. So wait. So please don't go. Yeah. So I'm telling you right now, there's other cities that are better to go to is, than Los Angeles. But for me, it's like I know every time I walk back into LA, you know, I have work stuff there sometimes. Even though it's chaotic, and even though I complain most of the time I'm there, there are just certain little nuggets, little nuggets. You're looking at me like I'm I don't insane. Uh, look, I, you and I are both native Californians. If you can't tell by my incredibly nasally surfer bro accent, this is my natural voice, believe it or not. Um, nice. That's only something a Californian would say. Someone who is from one. the state. Someone, you know what? L.A. L.A. is kind of like a... It's kind of like my uh, my distant uncle who I uh, went to jail for murdering. You know, I, I saw him when I was a kid, and he was okay when he was around me, but at night he'd go and murder people. But then I would see him during the day and be like, That's hey, insane. Uncle Bill, why is your shirt a little red at the collar? Is that blood? Oh, no, it's makeup? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense. No, it makes LA, sense to me. I understand what you're saying. It makes sense to me as well because I understand your, your position. Like, you drive to LA, oh, my God, wow, the beaches, oh, my God, Hollywood, oh, my God, oh, and then you see, like, someone dead well, on the okay, side of the road. okay. Well, wait, feces. funny story. You and I, the last time we went to L.A. together, we just took a tour. We we literally, we literally drove around and we yeah. had plans. We had plans in Santa Monica. We had plans at the Griffith Observatory. All canceled. And we canceled all of, all them. of them. It's a very long, dumb story. But I'm going to tell it. No, because you can't you can't do. So it was for <laughs> Valentine's Day. Yes. Was this that was what like, it was or an anniversary? It was one of the two. We've both um, been up there separate from God, each other. We've been since. together so long. Everything's just blended together, especially after COVID. It's all the same day. Right. Um, <sighs> and, and and so like uh, we we drove up there. And I had this really nice... Let me clarify nice... too. We lived, we've lived in San Diego for Yeah, so years. Northern yeah. San Diego is where we lived. And, and so we drove up there and everything from Northern San Diego, which is a little bit of a shock for us now because we're near things and humans and people, but everything in Northern San Diego is literally like driving from the state of Kansas anywhere. Like it's just, all it is is just fields and nothing. So it takes years, decades to get anywhere. And so we, we decided to make the trek from Northern San Diego to Los Angeles. And we had this nice little restaurant we were going to go to. It's really cute. And then we were like, I booked this whole thing. Beverly Hills, but, nice yeah, restaurant. We were going to yeah. go get lunch up there and we were going to walk around and we we're going to find parking because it's like the only thing that you can do in LA. Um, and we were going to go to the Griffiths Observatory we were talking about. And we tried to go to lunch and there was no parking. So we drove around for like 
45 minutes yeah, looking for parking. Yeah, and if anyone listening has been to Santa Monica, you know looking how for parking. that is. Not like, and here's was, the thing. We had money to pay for parking and nothing was open. I don't know how people live there. I don't know. I don't know. Do they get shipped in via Amazon? Do you ship them in via box? They open up. Hey, I'm here. I'm a native. A lot native. of people like, Uber. Okay. Uh, no. Why would we Uber for... No, no, anyway, no. I'm not suggesting anyway. we did that. We drove from Yeah, San Diego. Well, it doesn't make any sense. We'd, it wouldn't make... Well, we probably would have spent the same amount of money. Um, so we ended up driving around like a bunch of morons. And we're like, okay, well, we're not going to go to lunch because it's been 45 minutes to an hour. And by the time we have lunch, then our dinner reservation, because we got there like at two or three and it was yeah. an early dinner reservation. So, okay, well, now we do that. We might as well just wait for dinner and t- come to find out the place doesn't open that we were going to go to doesn't open until my reservation. So we were like the first reservation and that was another hour away. So we were like, okay. Longer than that. Yeah. It will. I'm just paraphrasing right. anyway. Right. So we we're like, okay, well that's not going to work. And I don't want to park because it's going to take another two hours to find parking. So we ended up trying to drive to the Griffith observatory. I shit you not. We drove 30 minutes to the Griffith observatory only to arrive at a two and a half hour line in to the Griffith Observatory via vehicle. We're not even up the hill yet. We're sitting there on a side street at a like stoplight waiting for parking at the Griffith Observatory That's only to wait to get in again. It's not even a guesstimation. They had a huge a sign, sign they that ha- said estimated wait yep. for parking two hours. I don't understand. I don't understand. I, I really look, look. I get it. I get it. I get that the city is for the the people who make a lot of money. It's like San Francisco, make a lot of money. You don't need to fucking buy a car. All your money goes to, you know, taking a train or a bus or paying for air. You know, that doesn't make any sense at all in any way. And we looked at each other and we're sitting in there in the car. It's a thousand degrees outside. We look at each other and we say... We're just going to drive back home. <laughs> so we drove all the way back home and we got sushi at a place in Oceanside that's fantastic. Uh, Harney Sushi. I'm going to miss them. Um, mm. Fantastic place if, you, if you're in uh, Oceanside want good sushi. That place is really good. Um, and we went there. We went there. We drove. We left our house. At like 11 a.m. At 11 a.m. No, earlier than Like 10, 9.30 a.m. Yeah. To drive to, to LA, Santa Monica, to Santa Monica, drive to get lunch. I think we're, we're going to go to Umami Burger. Was that it? We're going to. Was yeah, it wasn't on even that. that fancy. I was stoked on that. I wanted to show you because you hadn't had it. Yeah. Um, and so we we left at nine thirty, and we got back to Oceanside at seven. I just and remember- we had spent the entire day <laughs> in the fucking car sitting. I- we didn't in the get car. out once either. Oh, I think we did pull over at one point at a gas station because we both were like, we both at a gas had to station, pee. We both yeah, had to pee so oh, bad. yeah, because we were literally, <laughs> we 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 literally went through some sort of like middle aged, not middle, yeah, middle aged torture. It's like we spent, we had a mid a midlife torture routine. Is what we had. We were not even married yet. Not even married yet. I don't think we were and, engaged And we were just, yet. we weren't engaged yet. And I was like, you know what? You want to really test our relationship? Let's just drive up to LA and not get out of the car ever. And here's the thing. You don't want to get out of the car because you'll get mugged. You'll get stolen. You'll get kidnapped. People will attack you. The air is oh full gosh. of pollutants. You don't want to leave. But we wanted to leave, but we couldn't leave. And that's the sadness about LA. That's what's sad about it is you want to leave, but you can't. You want to love it, but you can't. You can't do it. And look, I don't care if you're living in L.A. You can love it all you want to. That's each his own. This is only my opinion. I will never, ever, ever, never, don't ever, say never, ever, ever, never, don't say never, ever, ever, 
ever, except only to see someone that I, I know and appreciate who's moving up there and I love dearly, never going to go there again. Ever. Uh, ever. You're jinxing yourself Never, right now. ever. And you're if I find yourself. myself there again, I'm going to douse myself in Febreze and go in with a hazmat suit. Because right now, oh, I don't know. I I really don't know what's going to happen. That That could be the next Gaza Strip. L.A. It could be. Oh my gosh! It, it is that that dangerous. It's it's rough out there right now. Yeah, understatement, understatement <laughs> of the century. That rough was quite out the there. tangent we went on. That's true. It's a true story. And look, this is I am a native San Diegan. I was born in Escondido. My social security. I'm just kidding. Um, but I was born in Escondido, and uh, I love I love San Diego. I love Southern California. Until now, I don't love it anymore. I hate it now. I think you're just trying to convince yourself. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not at all. I've already... Uh, look, outside of the people that I'm leaving, who I love dearly and who I want to move over here, um, I don't ever want to go there again until they figure their stuff out. Well, it is that bad. Bad news. We're going there tomorrow. So. That's fine. No, I'm talking about like living and existing there. Because we left... We left... Who knows what will happen in left, the future. We left California. We left California to come here to pay 2018 California prices. Yeah. I blame California. I blame California. They're not, they don't even have anything to do with anything. I blame them. That's how much I don't like it anymore. Well, you never know what's going to happen in the future. I, I said that I, I would never move away from there like a year ago. Look where so you are now. Look where I am now. Exactly. You never know what's going to happen. There's no single thing that would require me to go back to that place. Not at all. You want to know why? We have a studio here. We have recording here. We have anything and well, everything we have to that go we back need here. We have to clean up our old house. Sure. But outside of that, that doesn't count. Outside of that, nothing there's not a single thing up there not a single mm. thing well and look that again is the logistics of moving I, folks i want to preface this the fact that i respect everyone's opinion it's to each their own they can love it or hate it that's totally fine i just don't understand what's happened i really don't and this is and what what's bothersome about it is i was there the entire 10 years i remember when la was marginally like meh, i was up there for a few months I worked for Bull up there for a while. I literally was up there for a few months and it was in like a bad area and it was okay. Yeah, you were not. It was okay. It were, was all right. Your apartment was in a really bad now, area. Now all of it's a bad area. All of it. All of it. There. It's just crazy because I, well, I spent a lot of time in LA when I was a teenager and when I was like in my early 20s and I remember when I was like 17 maybe i would hop in the car with my friends like on school nights when i was in high school and we would drive out to downtown hollywood just a 16 a 17 year old which was illegal i'm pretty sure you can't just drive alone when you're that age but whatever you admitted I did. it and we would just go like we would go to concerts on hollywood boulevard in the back of the jimmy kimmel set and i'm thinking now like 10 years later i'm like i don't know if i want to go downtown i would go to downtown hollywood by myself and like ew. shop ew ew but different no. time, I guess. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yes. One hundred percent different time. Yeah, but it's and now downtown Gotham. Like, I don't even like going to my local Target by myself anymore. Well, it's downtown Gotham. That that is you are entering. That's why, honestly, if there's anyone out there, I'm not saying that you should do this. Not saying it, but boy, would it be really interesting if there was a Batman in the world. That I've, would be interesting. I would love that. Listen. I'm not a huge fan of superhero movies in general. And I don't think that movie was very superhero-ish at all. No. It was not, which no. is probably why I kind of liked it. I am 
going to piss off some people right now, but I am just not a Marvel fan. I like a couple of their movies, but in general, I just tend to, I'm just, I don't care. I'm sorry. I mean, I try to care for the sake of conversation, but not my thing. No, she doesn't. No. I like she the doesn't. Spider-Man movies. Those no, are good. Okay. You but like anyway, the, the, the reason I really two. liked the that Batman movie was because it was so gritty. It was just really long, man. I was, by the end, we also saw a late version of it. I was tired. We went to the movie but at 7. I just like that he's not a superhero. It was a, a 7 p.m. movie. It wasn't late. <laughs> I'm getting late. old, dude. No, you're not. And it wasn't late. <laughs> it was 10 it was p.m. I was yawning. A, it was a long movie. Yeah. Uh, it was a really long movie. Why? I want to watch it again, but I want to watch it in the comfort of my home. Like, Why? so I can pause it and make popcorn and like go to crochet sleep and then I'm, wake up the no, next day. No, I can crochet while I'm watching you can, it. You can put it on pause and watch it a week later um, because Sorry, it's such, a long, such a long movie. No, but uh, that's why I like watching things at home because you can like do other things and you don't Not have watch to. the movie. You could do anything but watch the movie. I like no, to I multitask. Yeah. You and like to have movies in the background. Having a three hour undivided attention in a movie theater is she a can't lot. do it so uh you know to i tried introducing beowulf to uh jurassic park the originals and i also tried to introduce her to spirited away fantastic anime movie they're for those of movies. you who are not ner- who are nerds like me um they're not bad movies and you fell asleep to every single one of them i tried I watching spirited away with you three times I know. and you fell asleep every time I know, every I know, time I know. and with the jurassic movies they're dinosaurs eating people and you still fell asleep i'm sorry it's fine i'm just saying i don't think the problem look i think the problem is you like background noise you treat movies like you treat like a fan to go to sleep it's like a, it's like a, it's like a certain tone that puts you to sleep like not a all of them i enjoy movies it's just you don't, don't enjoy all the good ones. That's fine. <laughs> that's okay. I I do have some favorites that are not that's, even that's good, fine. but I like them. Yes, yeah, I know. I I watch them over and over yeah, again. Ten things I hate about you. Uh huh. That's a great that. movie. Yeah, don't even no, hate on not. that movie. Um, Heath Ledger is great, but that movie's not that good. Minus him, it's not good. Um. Uh. Anyway, what are we talking about today? We just ranted for like twenty five minutes. Oh, I just had some thoughts. I, so, I know you know Wolf, but for people listening who don't. I work in the transportation logistics industry. That is my uh, nine to five. And last month, everyone and their mother was talking about the Freedom Convoy. Mm. That's the group of truckers who were protesting in Ottawa, Canada. And those who haven't thought twice about the men and women who drive their goods across the continent finally had some sort of opinion on the matter one way or another. And they had all the opinions on the matter. You know what I mean? Like they either were so for everything they've ever done or these are terrorists in Canada, right? Those are like the two very polarizing opinions that were going on there. Well, earlier this month, early March, uh, a group of American truckers took their cue and the People's Convoy has been circling Washington, D.C. for the past few days. However, headlines have directed the general public elsewhere. Guess where? I mean, obviously, everyone listening knows what's the most... Um, the Jesse Smollett trial. Yep, I yeah, know. sure. Yeah, that's the most important No, thing I think that right it's obvious that most of the news is focused on the Russian invasion of Ukraine right now. Yeah. But it's just so interesting because has the general public forgotten? This is not me necessarily advocating one way or another for what's been going on with truckers in Canada or the United States. However, so many people... Are they just easily swayed by whatever is the hottest topic on Twitter? One day it's protests, the next day it's kanye and kim's divorce and then the next day it's 
war in Europe. Do we really think the media intends to deceive or do they just distract us? Um, or is it just because it's an endless spiral of information all day, every day, never stops? I think that people, and, and the Paul and I have talked about this, and I'm sure you and I have talked about this, um, and this is something I've been thinking about too because it's very odd the uh, the polarizing war cries that happen every few months. It literally, And you can recite them from, maybe we didn't notice them in 20... You know, 18, 2019, but you can recite them pretty, pretty handedly over the last two years in which, um, you know, people get really up in arms about a few different things and then they kind of lull and then they get up in arms about something and then they kind of lull. And um, I think if you to answer your rhetorical question, I think it I think people don't know what to think. I think that's what it is. I think people would rather spend their time advocating for something that they have no impact on whatsoever in this country than actually living their lives. That's what I think. I think they would rather spend their time pretending to affect something that makes them feel good about themselves than actually affecting those around them in a positive way. Um, and that's, you know, it's pretty pointed, but that's my position on it. Like, look, I've said this before. I was not on board with any of the movements over the last two years. Not because I don't think that they have credence or not because I don't think they're relevant, but because I'm very hesitant to jump on board with something when I don't know anything about it or when I don't have enough information to develop a decent opinion on things. Um, obviously, what's going on in Ukraine and Russia right now is is terrible. It's terrible on both ends for the Russians and the Ukrainians. And there's no such thing as a good or bad guy in this situation. Why? Because both people have innocent people on both ends of the spectrum who are either A, civilians, or B, just doing their job because some fucking moron is telling them to do something and they're dying for no reason. That's tragic. It's terrible. doesn't matter who it is. doesn't matter that it happened in World War II. And the thing that I think that I have a problem with is when people look at certain things, be it Ukraine and Russia or the various cultural movements that happened over the last two years spontaneously, quote unquote, um, I think people have a really shallow view and an immature view of how things work. It's not good versus evil. It's not, uh, it's not the fight of good versus evil. That's not what it is. It is a complex foreign policy issue that is not only uh, in a lot of people's pro par like responsibility, but also a lot of people's fault. This could have been stopped in a lot of different ways if people had actually done their jobs and not been swayed by uh, the, uh, the various vocal minorities that want to scream and yell in their face. We wouldn't be having these problems. We wouldn't have gas that's verging on $10 in the next few weeks because people just decided to listen to someone who was tugging at their heartstrings. The fun thing about heartstrings is that they have no point. They don't matter. If I walk up to you and I say, you want to buy some candy for some poor children and you give me $5, there's no way you verify that that $5 goes to poor kids. I could be ripping you off. Same thing with this. Yeah, give money to Ukraine. Give money to X group. Give money to this. Do this. You want to go help go over there. Ukraine's paying people to do it. That's how you help. That's really what you want to do. Giving money is helpful, I guess, if it goes where it's supposed very, to go. You have to be very selective with who you give money but, yeah, to. Yeah, but, but again, how are you no, supposed to verify? Well, exactly. Well, that's my point. It's, there are, there are gen generations, excuse me. There are organizations out there that I, I'm not even specifically talking about this situation in Ukraine right now. I'm talking about for any sort of, you know, cause. There are there are organizations out there that do make a difference and, and dedicate lots of time and efforts to that cause, whatever it is. But 
there are lots that deceive and take money and spend it on you, you cannot even imagine. You know what's funny about nonprofits is they're not nonprofits. They make a fuck ton of money, a ton of money. Look, I, uh, and this is this thing. This is the qualm that I've had with the church, various churches, with various organizational groups, with various things that are happening. There is an incentive in a lot of ways in our culture to pretend that giving money to something fixes the problem. Why? Because it's an out of sight, out of mind scenario. Give money to X group and solve racism. Really? That's how easy it is, huh? Give money to X group and stop Russia from invading Ukraine. Really? Because you know what's funny? All those people, those 2 million or so uh, people who are now displaced, terrible tragedy, you know who's paying for them? It's not us. It's the, the, the NATO countries around them. You know what's funny about all that is they're not prepared for that stuff. There's no amount of money that you can give that will fix this problem. Not to say that you shouldn't, but you know what's also funny? We have these same issues here. We have them here. We have homelessness here. We have open borders here. We have people who are coming here against their own volition with adults who are not their parents just dropping them here. You th where do you think those people go? I mean, it's the same thing with what's happening with in Ukraine, right? The only difference is the news isn't talking about it. And the thing that bothers me about this is when people get up in arms about one thing that the news is talking about, it tells me that they're not informed because they're listening to the news. The news is a literal bully pulpit for one group. And if you don't think that's the case, you haven't investigated. Not to say Fox News is not massive. They own a ton of different things. They also are the exact opposite. Both are bad. They pick and choose what the news is according to their own bias. They say, well, you know what? This is worthy of talking about, and that's not. We're going to talk about this one situation because it'll bring eyes to our page. We're not going to talk about that thing, which is equally important and people should know about because mm, it's against our narrative. It's the same thing on both ends. And, you know, you want to talk about being informed. The world is uh, is impossible to be informed about because, you know, what's funny about Ukraine and what's happening? It's been going on since 2014 with Crimea. It's been going on since then. Nothing has changed. The only difference is now Ukraine's moving in. It's you been going Russia's on. moving in? Or, sorry, Russia's moving in. It's been going on for almost 10 years now, and no one's talked about it. Why? It's just as bad. Plenty of people have died. Same thing with what's going on in, uh, in, uh, in China. Again, Xinjiang province, not a single fucking peep about the Uyghurs. I've been talking about this for two years now, and it's been going on since Obama was president. Not a single peep about an entire 10 or so million people, a culture being exterminated by the Chinese. Not a single fucking peep. That's how angry this makes me. Because it's like, okay, you're going to pick and choose. They're Muslims. I'm, I was raised Christian. I shouldn't care according to the Christian theology. If you want to play that game, oh, you're in the Christian group. You shouldn't care about them. No one obviously would say that. I don't, I don't think a single Christian would say that. My whole point being, the secular observation would be I shouldn't care about it. So why is it that now, now people are talking about this stuff? Is it because it's on the TV? Turn the TV off. There's nothing that America will do until we get involved. And if we do get involved, it's not going to be beneficial to anybody. You want to know why? Because Americans will die for nothing over there. There's no reason we should go over there. Uh, that We could give them money. 
We could help them with uh, with planes like we should have done earlier this week, except, oh, no, the Biden administration decided to not send our MiGs over there through Poland uh, to assist uh, via, um, no, was it Reitstag or I can't remember the exact airport in Germany. They wanted to give MiGs flown by Ukrainians. Poland wanted to do this through Germany, so it didn't look like the the uh, the Polish were directly helping the Ukrainians. And uh, the administration with Anthony Blinken said earlier this last week that we were going to do that, and then they changed their mind. So what is your money really helping? People are still dying. I think it just depends on where you give it. Yeah, but, if you're but, giving to every organization that every random person says, you got to really look into the things you give. No, wait, I understand. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. My point is giving to organizations is not something I would ever ever say you shouldn't do no 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 you should giving money is one of the best ways that if you're far away from the situation and you really feel like you want to help if you truly research whatever you're giving money to and you actually make a, a, a educated decision there and you're not just giving for brownie points but why not but again the question is what what is giving for brownie points because today slacktivism is activism that's what it is. It's either you sit on your couch and you give people money and you don't do the research or you go and burn down buildings. That's what activism is today. Or you lie about what's happening. Because look, look, for anybody listening, this is coming from someone who's middle of the road. I see value on both ends. It may not seem that I see value on both ends. I really do. I see value on both ends of the spectrum. I see value in America playing world police. I see value in America staying at home and being isolationist. I see value in us allowing people into the country. I see value in us actually having uh, reformed security measures and border policies. I see value in all these things. What I don't see value in is lying. I don't see value in that. I have no idea what's going on in Ukraine. Neither do you. That means no one does. Because I can't think of a single person right now outside of the Biden administration who is actually high-level top-secret clearance that actually knows what the fuck is going on. So why are people bleeding hearts on their sleeves? Because for all we know, for all legitimately, for all we know, we know nothing. That is literally the case here. And I've seen this happen over and over again over the last two years where people jump to conclusions and they jump on board the bandwagon only to be proven foolish. I don't like being proven foolish. I'd rather stand back and say, you know what? Terrible what's happening. We should wait and see. That's what we should be doing. We should wait and see. That's the smartest decision. Same thing with anything going on, be it a cultural or political movement or anything. You should wait and see. Think about it. Take the time to observe. Because we can get all frustrated. Look, I'm just as frustrated about it as everyone else is. It's terrible. I don't want to see us go to an international war. I don't want to see Russia take Ukraine. I don't want to see Russia exert its powers in that area for no reason. But again, I don't have any play and part in that. Uh, at least right now. And getting involved or getting super outspoken about it is only pushing us to an area that everybody loses. Not a single person wins. So you know, us getting involved stops Russia from invading Ukraine? You really think so? No, Russia will invade Ukraine. They're going to take Ukraine. Well, I mean, they've already invaded. And you know what's going to happen again? I've said this for years. China is going to invade Taiwan. Us getting involved is only going to bring us into a war that we do not need to be in. Honestly, we don't need to send American soldiers over there. We don't need to send young men and women to die for absolutely nothing because that's warmongering. I don't believe in it. I'm not on board with it. Unless we get attacked, not going to get involved. And from a foreign policy perspective, you know what? It's it's unfortunate, but we gave away Afghanistan. I was saying this back in uh, over the summer when, when that happened. 
We give it away. Geopolitical people come in. They take that. It's a vacuum. You can't just give it away and be like, well, you know what? Uh, uh, Nothing's going to happen. Ukraine is happening because of that. So we need to just go home and lick our wounds, in my opinion. We can help them via money. We can help them via weapons. But we should stay out of it. And for those of you who are bleeding hearts, go over there and help. Go over there and help. Stop Twittering about it. Stop going on Instagram about it. Go over there and help if you really want to help. Put yourself on the line, and I'll believe you. Otherwise, you're getting brownie points, in my opinion. And I say that about anything. Said that about the nurses who were uh, talking about COVID on TikTok. Why? That's not your job. What are you doing? Same with anything. Like, for some reason, our generation thinks that pretending makes a difference. It doesn't make a difference. I can pretend to be the world's wealthiest person, but if I never make any effort or make make any plans or put any effort into becoming the world's wealthiest person, I'm not going to do it. Same with people who actually give a shit about helping people. It's like with with uh, a specific thing within Christianity is people talk about evangelism. Evangelism is great. I think there's a time and place for it. I think people need to talk to people. They need to spread the word as long as the party they're talking to is receptive to it. And you can tell via you know interactions and interpersonal relationships. Um, you know what's not evangelism is walking down the street and screaming at people about something. You want to evangelize? Go and help people. Go and feed the needy. Go and love people who are unlovable. That's how you evangelize. You don't do that by talking about it on Twitter or talking about it from a pulpit. That's literally not how you do it. That is literally not how you do it. And and uh, there, there are biblical examples as well as real world examples. People say, well, yeah, sometimes it helps. Sure it does, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't help. And when it comes to Ukraine or when it comes to border policy stuff or when it comes to certain bills that are popular these days, screaming and yelling about things and not informing yourself about them only shows that your bias is negative. It only shows that you're unwilling to think about something constructively and actually develop an honest and organic opinion about it. People say, well, there's no such thing as organic opinion. Uh, That's bullshit. Of course there is. Maybe not truly organic, but what is truly organic? That's a philosophical fucking bunny rabbit hole. You go down that indefinitely, and you you become a freaking you become uh, antisocial, and you'll hate everybody. So my whole point, I guess, to wrap this up is I just I think that there are better ways to go about this. I think people, if they were to look at things in a rational way, would understand that the world is complex, and they'd be able to look at both sides of the spectrum and say, you know, that's a good point, and then develop an honest opinion through that, as opposed to being influenced by yes, a media that is intentionally trying to deceive you. If you haven't realized that now, I don't know what to tell you because COVID-19 is still killing people and we're not talking about it. So why did we talk about it for two years? Because there's nothing else to talk about? Then it's not really news. That's how that works. If we're going to play this game of it is only news when we deem it to be news, then it's not news. It's not worth talking about. Mm. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. I think, you know, we live in simultaneously the dumbest period of time in human history and the most fascinating period of time in human history because a lot of people think that they have all the answers and then simultaneously show that they have no answers. It is fascinating. It's it's actually hilarious, honestly, if you think about it from like a non-cynical perspective. It is quite funny. We are living in an episode of South Park. Like, like doesn't even have to be scripted. And you can see that through the, the latest season. I thought you'd say Seinfeld. Or Seinfeld, yeah, same thing. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I, I think that it's okay to be passionate about something. It's okay to talk about something. Um, and to have like a belief in some things, but the way people are doing it these days, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it's certainly a hot topic 
right now but i feel like at the same time there's all these sub genres of uh, pop culture and stuff that are coming up but it's all sort of intermingled like i was kind of laughing they had um i don't know what award show it was there, uh, there was one recently and like a lot of the you know actors and actresses they were doing their speeches and they were mentioning ukraine and i'm like okay kind of weird but okay i mean what well, they would say they're bringing awareness. But it's like to on it, one hand they kind of have to because do they? No, I mean like in the general scope of things, it's expected that when you do an award show in the midst of a chaotic time, you have to mention something. And By I'm like, who? these are, I don't know. It's just very strange. I'm like, so I'm clapping for this person who won an award for best actor, and at the same time they're telling me about this humanitarian. Humani- humanitarian cause in eastern europe uh-huh. and i don't know yes i know about it i'm not learning anything new from this i'm, I'm glad they care i don't know what the, the common the common turn of phrase that people use for this is bringing awareness and what's so funny and very narcissistic about that phrase is most of the time when people say they're bringing awareness to something they're talking about something that people are already aware about as if their take on it is somehow going to revolutionize the topic. Newsflash, all of Hollywood. Wars have been going on forever. You guys, who so desperately care about all the other people out there while you drive your Teslas and all the small little people pay $10 a gallon for gas, uh, seemingly think that we should care about your opinion on this stuff. All of you are uneducated about it. The only person that I would say that is superiorly uh, you know, educated about this. Um, maybe not this, but about a specific topic might be Leonardo DiCaprio, but I also know he's incredibly biased. So it's like, uh, well, you know, that's the thing is there, there are some celebrities that spend an awful lot of time outside of, you know, acting or singing or whatever on like one specific cause. And I feel like those are the celebrities that I feel like, okay, they have an edu- a somewhat educated opinion because they spend all of their time on this one specific thing and they have for years. It doesn't necessarily... Leonardo DiCaprio with environmental causes is a very sure. good example. Or um, but again, Angelina Jolie with um, with refugees in the Middle East and specifically sure. women in the Middle East and, and all the issues surrounding that. Those are celebrities where I say, okay, you're going to talk about this thing and you've been talking about it for a long time and you spend a lot of your time focusing mm-hmm. on this outside of the movies and the premieres. I can respect that even... Even if it's, you know, something that I'm, you know, may not be something I feel as strongly about as they do. At least I understand that they do actually care. Whereas some of these other ones, it's like every day, whatever is the newest thing is the thing they care about the most. And that's the thing that, uh, not to say that those people should be looked to as the the answer to all that. Because you can still be active in something and be terribly wrong about it. I'm not suggesting either of them are. I don't know enough about their positions on that to make that argument. With that being said, though, you're right. There's so many people, be it celebrities, and then the people who like those celebrities taking cues from those celebrities, jumping on the bandwagon of something that they have no idea what's happening. And look, again, a prime example on this is the Ukraine crisis. No one knows what the fuck is going on over there. How I know it's that? It's actually quite amazing how many Propaganda. things have come out and yes, then been retracted and uh-huh. come out and been retracted. I, I, I've i told you about this. I follow a, an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the name of the Instagram account is Real News No Bullshit. It's uh, 
it's they market themselves as a non-biased non-partisan news outlet that's specifically on instagram and they have sources usually with stuff that come out you know a couple days or a couple Mm -hmm. hours after they post about it i think it's a pretty decent news source However, even they have had to retract. Literally, some things. everybody has yes. tried. Like I've, I've. It's amazing so, how how many things have come out and then been like, no, that wasn't it. Or yeah. How many news like BBC, Fox, mm-hmm. CNN, CNBC have have like plastered photos around that have nothing like years old. Yep. It's it's like. Well, but this who's is not fact checking any of this. No one. And here's the thing: is this the fact checkers don't even do their job. I mean, the, the, the whole argument about all this, and I think this is where people really need to open their eyes and think about this. The last two years have been a propaganda war. The last entire two years about anything and everything. We were told not to question things. We were told not to talk about things. People online talking about specific sensitive topics were banned offline. They were censored. They were removed. Their livelihoods were taken away. People were badgered and destroyed socially because of it. Come to find out the things they were talking about were true. And if you don't know... At least a lot of them A lot of them Which kind of shocking to me because I got in some some interesting discussions with family members that I love dearly. And, and now they're looking at me like, mm-hmm. Well, but, like, here, but here's <laughs> the thing. And this is the position I've always had is within an, uh, a, a, a giant lie is a nugget of truth, right? So, and that goes vi- vice versa. And within a, within a nugget, within a giant truth, sometimes there may be a lie. So uh, the whole point that I have on this is I take, well, I've taken it as I need to take my time with all this stuff. Cause some of this stuff is wild. It's like with what we were talking about a second ago with how all of a sudden the unnamed disease is now gone. The CDC is now revoking their recommendations. The WHO is now suggesting that children shouldn't get a vaccinated. A lot of the vaccination it's, it's requirements are, are being all lifted. gone. And, and yeah. so here's my whole point on this is this is a propaganda war. And what I should, what people listening to this, look, you can take my opinion because this is opinion. We may be the Wolf and Bull podcast and 100% of the time we, we are uh, 60% of the time accurate. I think that was a quote. Or 100%, 100% of, of the time we are 60% or... 100% of the time, we don't even know our own, quote. Know our own quote. Yeah, yeah, that's how far removed we are. <laughs> um, but uh, I've, I've said this before is that, you know, take a break. Turn it off. We can talk about it. Totally fine. We can talk. That's fine. But don't spend your time with the tube on. Don't spend your time always listening to something unless you can separate yourself from what's happening. You know that I personally, I listen to the news all morning. That's my part of my routine. And the funny thing is, is I listen to various different voices who are all talking about the same thing. So I get opinions on it. And then I say, well, this might be true. This might not be true. And if I don't think it's worth listening to, I turn it off. That's how the news should be treated. You don't have to treat your identity is not the news. Just like your identity is not uh, your preference in some areas. You are more than that. And to, to, to dilute yourself down to that is not only shallow, but short sighted. Because if that goes away, what purpose do you have? That's why, that's why I, I struggle with a lot of these, like I struggle with a lot of these arguments that people are making these days because they make the one topic of one specific thing in any general direction, the only important thing. That's not true. There's so much more complexity to human life. There's so much more complexity to being happy and feeling valued and feeling, feeling fulfilled that is not found in these shallow, you know, stupid discussions because that's what they are. They are shallow and stupid. There will always be a war. There's always going to be injustice. There will always be racism. There's always going to be these things happening. We cannot get rid of them. Why? Because in order to do so, you have to eradicate the human race. And if you want to do that, be my guest. You can go first. That's how I see this. And, you know, it, it might be a little um, 
up front. It might be a little curt. And, you know, obviously I'm not suggesting that people, you know, do anything drastic. I'm just saying, look, spend some time to actually enjoy your life. Don't get distracted by this stuff because worrying about it and talking about it might bring awareness to it, but it's also going to stress you the fuck out. It will stress you out beyond belief. And then when it's done, you're not going to have anything to talk about or anything to feel valued on because you haven't worked on yourself. You spent all this time discussing something that at the end of the day, you can't change. I think that banking off that it's, it's well to remember that yes, you have individual problems in your life, big and small, and you shouldn't feel guilty about worrying about the small little problems in your life, knowing the crazy, ginormous, huge life changing issues that are going on, not just in Ukraine, but all around the world every day. And it didn't just start three weeks ago. It's been like that since the day you were born and it'll be like that till the day you pass. There are people who are going to go through terrible, terrible, terrible things and you will never know them and you will never know about it. And, you know, the, the, the things that are seemingly insignificant in your life, they're not seem or, or significant in your life, but seemingly insignificant in the grand scheme of things, they're still significant in your life. And if you spend every waking moment of your life devastated about the atrocities that happen all across the globe every day every second you're never gonna be content well and this is something that the bull and i have talked about before is that that there's a very specific hyper polarized negativity bias in pop culture and in science and in in academia in which you know people somehow for some reason always jump to the negative conclusion as opposed to recognizing the various positives that actually exist. You know, a a prime example right now is, is, you know, comparative solutions for green energy that we have now compared to 200 years ago. We're moving in the right direction, but again, it's like anything jumping around and lighting your hair on fire and screaming that we're not moving fast enough does nothing. It hurts the situation. It makes your argument unlistenable to. That's not even a word. It makes your argument hard to listen to. It makes your party and your group hard to take serious. Same with any of these arguments. You get People get so polarized. Like, uh, like I've talked about this multiple times. You get so polarized about this cultural, these cultural movements. And they get so loud and they get so vitriol, filled with vitriol and so angry and violent that people don't want to be a part of them. And then something comes out like with what happened with one of the founders of that, that unnamed movement a few years ago who bought a bunch of houses. That comes out and all of a sudden the movement goes away. Mm. Maybe it's because you guys got so violently angry about something that you didn't consider that maybe the thing you're getting angry about is not how you should solve it. You can't bring people to you can't bring a horse to a to to drink if you if you uh, if 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 it doesn't want to come to drink. You might be able to salt its tongue, but at a certain point, the horse is going to kick you in the face because it knows what you're doing. And that's anything. Like you got to go about it in a different way. Not to suggest that we can't talk about these things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that our, especially our demographic, our generation, really has a knack of being like well. Yeah. I believe it and my friends believe it. So why don't you like, if you don't believe it, you're the enemy. Like if you're not on board with me, it's me versus you. You know, what that does is that puts you in a box. If no one, if you, if you f- surround yourself with enemies, you have no friends like people. We can, we can simultaneously believe certain things at the same time and think something is collectively wrong and think that there are other ways to go about it and still all be friends. That is literally how life has worked. It wor- worked. It God has worked up until this point. It's not like people like were dumber prior to your existence. It's not like people were dumber prior to our existence. 
We are not the first humans. We are not the smartest humans of all time. There is plenty of evidence to suggest that we're not. And so acting as if we are, as if our message, as if the Greta Thunberg screaming of all the world, all these messages are the most poignant, important messages in all of history is short-sighted and ignorant. Because again, if you think about it, we are in the one of the, like I said before, we might be in the simultaneously most entertaining and dumbest scenario, like in human history, but we all are also in the like best time to be alive. Like mm. bar none, best time to be alive for any human being. Doesn't matter what's happening across the sea. Cause you know, what's funny. What that, if that happened 200 years ago, one, you wouldn't have heard about it until it was at your front door. And two, you would have immediately been pulled into war with them. You would immediately had to go die for your country. You would have immediately seen atrocities that no one has ever seen before. And people are seeing right now, but you would have seen it immediately. Right. They would have just like, what do you think world war two was? You think like they just threw bodies. They just threw bodies at people. Like so many men died for, for, for uh, like looking back, viable and just reasons in a lot of ways. Looking back, because hindsight's twenty twenty. But at the time, I'm sure they didn't understand. I, I, I dude, uh, talk about terrifying. Well, I always think about you know, obviously, being a woman at the time, I wouldn't have been drafted into anything. Uh, back in the twenties and the forties. Well, if you were in Russia, you would have. Right, but uh, I just think about how young how young mm -hmm. these young men were are mm -hmm. young i'm i'm almost uh, uh i'm a decade older than most of the men who died a full oh, 10 years yes mm -hmm. and i think about that and i look at someone you know i look at someone that age now and i'm like i can't even imagine uh-huh i can't even imagine putting a weapon in your hand mm -hmm. and, and telling you to go kill somebody yep for your country and, and here's the thing and i understand why people make that decision for their country like i really do it for well, whatever various reasons. we have yeah. various, reasons. various reasons but just like i don't know if it's the the matronly part of me or whatever as i get older i tend to turn more into a grandma but like the thought of seeing an 18 year old put in a position like that scared to death mm -hmm. i would think of it's course they're scared. Well, Jen, but here's the thing. The, oh, my God. I said your name. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Did I say your name? Who it's knows? Okay. Um, Beowulf. Um, well, the thing that I don't think people understand, though, is that there was a different time back then. And people were much, in a lot of ways, they were more naive, but they were also more mature in a lot of ways um, than we are today. Um, now, not to suggest that that was any like better or worse than today. And this is obviously me speculating. Um, but, yes, that's that's the thing that I don't think people understand we haven't changed much as a species. We really haven't. Like we're not that much different than a hundred years ago. Um, and people are not that much more, um, they're not that much more intelligent. They're not that much more informed because with an over, with an inundation of information, you are technically less intelligent if you can't keep up with the information. You don't know where to look. You don't know how to keep up with things. You don't know what to believe. So technically, you're oversaturated in information, which means that you are more confused and less likely to have a direction than you otherwise would have been had you have had less information. And that's why I think it makes sense for people to take a break and to step away from things and actually develop an opinion of their own at their own pace. Because, mm. you know, jumping on these, these bandwagons and going for the sake of becoming a part of the group that's fine, but you know what's funny about group mob mentality is normally it's wrong. Normally it's wrong. Um, and you can see that uh, prime examples over the last two years. 
And that's why, you know, you mentioned the family member, you know, those people are looking at like that. We were all side eyeing. They're now looking at us and saying, well, I had a point and it came true. It's because, you know, they just jumped on the other side of the group. Right. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. It just means that there's two sides of the group here. One's sometimes wrong. One's sometimes right. But doing either is not good because it puts you in these polarizing tribalistic positions in which, well, you can't go against the grain of your group lest you be ostracized and outcast. Like that's what you see with all these cults and these, these groups of like hyper polarized religions that don't have the ability to question their own faith. Like why shouldn't you be able to question your own faith? Why shouldn't you be able to ask questions that are unanswerable? doesn't mean that because they're unanswerable that your faith is moot. It just means that you should be able to answer those questions. Isn't Virgil, Virgil Abloh who forever, who, whoever doesn't know who that is. He was the designer for off white who passed away a couple of probably months the ago. most revolutionary designer. Since, Amazing. Um, Absolutely. Uh, what's what, the last one um, that died? Anyway, uh, revolutionary clothing designer. Anyway, he had a phrase they used to say all the time. And I believe I'm just checking to make sure that I say it. Oh, yes. Okay. It was just question everything. That was his sort of trademark phrase mm-hmm. that he used to say all the time. And I think it's pretty poignant. Um, and by everything, you have to include yourself. Right. There's. It's just like a child who is asking lots of questions and people tend to get annoyed. But that's a good thing. You want... You want questions to be posed about everything because you never you're not inside anyone else's head you don't know what they're thinking you don't know what intentions truly are there are obviously people who you trust more than others and people that you put your trust in no matter what but when it comes to people and entities that you have no idea you don't know the people you don't know the inner workings question everything Hey everyone, this is The Wolf speaking, wrapping up yet another episode of The Wolf and Bolt Podcast. We appreciate you spending your time with us, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode. If you like what you heard, tell your friends and family, your neighbors, the local bartender, your doctor, your boss, and hell, you can even tell us. By leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you can directly help build The Wolf and Bull Cult. I mean, uh, The Wolf and Bull Family. We can be found on most major podcasting platforms and social media. So what are you waiting for? Scoot on out of here and enjoy your day. But you should probably leave us a review first. But make sure to enjoy your day. But don't forget to leave us a review. Okay, bye!